Hello, and welcome to the Marvin Massa Podcast. This is episode three and part three of my interview with my friend Justin Schusler. I hope you enjoy. It's, it's a really cool thing. There's room for everybody to serve yeah. and get involved. You know what I just noticed, too? What's that? As you were talking, our mic cord, our XLR okay. cords match up. I noticed that Yo. like 10 minutes ago. Or like, or no, like like probably 20 minutes ago now. Yo, I noticed what? that. And I was like, did you plan this? No, I seriously was like, oh, that's crazy, man. That's so funny. No. Very cool. These are the only two <laughs> colored XLRs I have. And then everything else is black. Dude, that's but wild. I chose blue because blue is like kind of my thing. Yeah. And I was like, dude, okay. blue is my favorite color, is so really? I respect that. Oh yeah, okay, it's always is been it my like, favorite. Yeah. Is it like this blue? Is it like a, a teal blue? Is it like turquoise? I would say, I'd say more of like a kind of like an aqua blue. I, okay. I really like an aqua, kind of like a lighter, but really any shade. Yeah. Um, I for me, it used to it used to be royal blue. It okay. Used to be like my thing. Yeah. But I love navy. I love teal, aqua, turquoise, all of it, okay. man. It's the best. What about you? What's your favorite shade? Mine's, it hovers the spectrum of like teal, turquoise, yeah, 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 aqua for sure, yeah. Like I like, I want it to be a light blue, but I want a slight splash of green yes, to kind of totally not I make agree. it blue, blue, yeah, or light blue. Heck yeah, man, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's I love that. That's my thing. It, my favorite color prior to that used to be red, though. Oh, okay. And for, and the reason why it was red was because I had friends growing up, yeah, that were affiliated or their friends were affiliated with bloods oh shoot. and so like we I was, wore, that's what i was thinking but yeah, i was like no, no way no, seriously yeah Whoa. we wore red i mean to try and be cool and yeah. pretend like we were bloods but also Sheesh. too like if we were on the wrong people and we were wearing another color it's a wrap so that's a that's a whole other that's door wild, man that yeah we we, could, we, we, we gotta talk about that <laughs> offline bro because yeah. i'm interested in that yeah man. oh yeah i could oh my gosh one day i'll I mean, even if I preached every Sunday, I have so many crazy stories Sheesh. that I feel like God has strategically let me forget about until he wants me to use it. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't remember certain things. Like, even that, I don't wow. think about those things on the day-to-day, -day, but then I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, why was my favorite color red? And then it comes up. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, well, in, in, <laughs> as, as we segue into the final topic, actually the second to last topic mm -hmm. um i wanted to talk to you about you know your story of being the newest staff member at summit church at springfield yeah. va yeah, there we go <laughs> there it is yeah newest, that's that's the spoiler time. right yep. there yeah <laughs> yes, yeah so, so what did that look like oh man so it it was um it was a journey for me because I guess I should, I guess I'll just try to, I'll make, I'll try to make it brief, but I'll start kind of from the beginning. Um, so I came down here May 1st, 2022. Um, and I was down, coming down to Lynchburg for Liberty University. Shout out the flames. <laughs> um, coming down for a wedding, a Liberty wedding. A couple friends of mine were getting married and, um, I was down there and then their wedding was on a Saturday or a Friday, I think Friday. And then I drove up here on Saturday and I was planning on going home. I think Monday. Yeah. I was planning on going home Monday, but I, I drove up to this Northern Virginia area because my aunt and uncle live here 
And so I was just going to stay with them because I didn't want to drive all the way from Lynchburg up to New Jersey where, where I was with my parents. And so I just decided to stop for the weekend, hang out with them. And I have a cousin who lives in the area. He works um, out in like near Dulles, near the, the big airport out there. And um, so he was working up here and he was actually living in their basement. They have a fully furnished like apartment kind of level in their home and um and so he was there and he invited me to this church that he had been going to and he was like listen my friends from liberty they started going here because they moved to the area recently they've been telling me about it i went a couple times it's really awesome and he told me this is the kind of church that you would love like he knew right away um, cause he knows what I'm about and he uh-huh. knows, he knows the kind of atmosphere, atmosphere that I love and just a, a church that, that understands production value. And so he invited me to summit church and I was like, all right, let's go. And I, I showed up at the, I think like the 10 o'clock service and, um, just several different things happened in that service. And uh, I'm not going to get into all of it, but um, stuff happened and there were, there were several things that kind of drew me to, to the church. And there was a guest speaker that day, uh, pastor Mark Padgley, um, was speaking and he preached an amazing message on evangelism. And I remember I heard that and I was like, okay, this place is solid. Uh, cause I didn't know much about it. I knew it was like non-denominational. So it was not the assemblies of God denomination that I grew up in. That's like all I know. And so I wasn't totally sure about, you know, what, what the church really believed and stuff at this point, it was brand new. And when he got up and preached about evangelism, I was like, okay, this resonates with me because that's my heart. That's my, my dad is the same way as a pastor, he's always trying to reach out into the community, always trying to bring people in, mm-hmm. trying to, to witness to people. And he, he sees the value in that. And there are a lot of churches today, a lot of non-denominational and churches and mainline denominations that do not value that the way that they should today. And so to see that and to hear that message clearly presented about getting out there, sharing your faith because time is short and people need Jesus. Like I, it really struck me. And so after the service, I just went up because, um, I mean, you know me, I'm extroverted and I just, I love talking to people, meeting people. So I just went up to the pastor of the church. I, I, he had come out and introduced himself um, at the beginning of the service. And uh, I just went up to him. I was like, Hey there, my name's Justin. It's my first time here. First time visitor. And I kind of told him a little bit about my story and he was like so happy to meet me. Like he, he really, we just connected right away. And, um, I just remember like really just appreciating him and his heart. And, uh, so then I ended up staying a little bit longer. I extended my trip out a little bit and I showed up. Wednesday night of that week, which was the first Wednesday night of May. So it was Worship Wednesday. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, Worship Wednesday is like this extended service where there's extended worship and the word, sometimes water baptism. And it's just, it's a really powerful service the first Wednesday of every month. And so they had announced it during the Sunday service. And I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. So I went out to that and 
um, again, talked to the pastor after that service. He preached that service and it was awesome. And, um, and so I, that's how I got to know pastor Eddie. And, uh, he, he was just so friendly and, um, and like, I told him that I was like down here and my family was in New Jersey. My dad's a pastor, all that stuff. So we connected and, um, and, and he just immediately kind of like took me in, in a way. And, um, so we, we, we talked and we developed a really great relationship and, um, my, my family ended up coming down a little bit. Uh, I think June they, they came down and they actually got to meet him and my, my dad was going through a really tough situation, um, up in New Jersey, a really, really hard situation. And he didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know what he was going to do. And after that first time that they met and talked to pastor Eddie and his wife, pastor Stephanie, they just really connected and they came down again, um, a month or two later and he actually met with Pastor Eddie and they met for like two or three hours in his office. And Pastor Eddie just encouraged him and just built him up and was just so supportive to him with what he was going through because he gets it. I mean, Pastor Eddie's been doing ministry for years and years, just like my dad. And so he understood what was going on and just the pain that my dad was going through. And that was the first time that my dad really was able to open up to somebody who understands like that, you know, because you can tell family members, you can tell close friends, but if they're not in ministry full time, if they, if they haven't been doing this for a while, they don't get it. They don't get the full extent of it. And so pastor Eddie did, and he was right there to offer so much support. And so that meant the world to my dad. And so from then on, I was like, okay, this is a guy that I want to be around. This is a guy that I want to learn from. And so what ended up happening was I had a job opportunity. Some friends of our family were going to a church, uh, an Assemblies of God church in Alexandria, Virginia, and uh, which is right near Springfield. It's like 10 minutes from um, where Summit is. And I, uh, they told me that they needed a youth pastor. And the church is smaller, and they can only afford part-time for youth. And so I was like, I prayed about it and I, I felt good about it. Like, this is a good way for me to get into ministry because um, I had been running from that. I had seen what my dad had gone I through. I didn't know that. That's yeah. the first time I heard about running from it. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, well, yes. I got to get you on another podcast. Oh, you you will. You will. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll, <laughs> we'll do a part two. Don't worry. Um, and, and I'll talk about that because it was a long season of running from that. I never Dang. ran. I never ran from the Lord. Like, I never walked away from my relationship with God. But I told him, no way. I told him, there's no way I'm doing ministry. I've seen what my dad's gone through. I've seen the pain. I've seen the hardship there. And I don't want to do it. And so to make all of that story short, um, I finally got to the place where I had tried everything else. I had done so many things. And I knew that I had to do ministry or else I was never going to be satisfied. I was never going to have peace. And so I was like, this is a great way to jump into it. You know, it's a a youth pastor position. So I'm not like running a whole church right off the bat, you know, and um, I had gone to Bible college, but I got a business degree from there. So I didn't study ministry at that time. And uh, so I was like, let's let's do it. And of course, I have a good ministry background with my family and everything. So um, they needed someone they can only do part time. And for me. 
I was thinking about, okay, well, how can I make this work? Um, my aunt and uncle are amazing people. My, my cousin had moved out, gotten his own place by this point, And they were like, hey, you could stay here with us and have that like apartment room downstairs. And so they made it all happen. And then I was thinking and praying about what to do. And I remembered that late 2021, I had a relative who passed away and their funeral service was held in this area at a funeral home in Alexandria. And I happen to remember that we had a great experience there. They were really good people to work with. And so I just reached out to them. I, I walked in one day and I was like, hey, I'm here to, to get a job application. Um, I'd love to, to see what positions you guys have available and see one of the, the jobs that I had done um, before uh, when I was younger, I started working at a funeral home in Maryland. I started there at the age of 14 years old. Yep, you heard that right. 14 years old, I was working in a death home. Let and the bodies um, hit the floor. That's it, man. Dead that, bodies at 14? Yes, at 14 years old. So so I've, I've been around the block, bro. Let me tell you, I've seen a lot. I thought I saw um, dead bodies in Detroit. Never mind. <laughs> yo, I'm telling you, man. You didn't see as many as me, I hope. No, <laughs> no. Because if no. you did, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no seriously I um I I did I started 14 and I worked at this funeral home in Maryland for almost 8 years bro wow um like through high school through um college even and um, were you homeschooled I was not no so so what so I, when you told your friends in high school that you worked <laughs> at a funeral what was that dude it was wild man like. like it was crazy they were like what you're working where <laughs> why are you doing this? And I was like, listen, like it, it all came about because through my dad. So this funeral home was five minutes away from where we live, five minutes from our church. And they would do most of the funeral services for people in the church. And if the funeral was on like a Saturday or if it was during the summer, I'd go over and I'd help them like set up flowers when they first came in. I'd play their video tribute. I'd run sound for the funeral. And one day the owner just walked up to me and he was like, hey, how would you like to do this and get paid for it? And I'm 14 years old. I'm like, oh, y'all yeah. take some cash in my pocket. Yeah, Heck yeah. yeah. And so he was like, we'll bring you on for a summer job, man. And I'm telling you, I didn't stop for almost eight years. So it turned, it went from a summer job to a year round job. And Dang. I just worked it around school. I would work like nighttime viewings after school on weeknights. I would work Saturday funeral services Dang. and all that stuff, man. And, and ended up doing a lot of other stuff in that business and, um, helping out with the stuff that nobody wants to talk about. And uh, it was just, it was crazy. And so I had this background, I had this foundation in it and I knew what I was doing. I had a lot of experience. I was in a leadership role before I left that funeral home. And, um, and I, on the next one, I'll get into all that, the reasons why I left, because that's a big part of my story and everything. But, um, but I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to get back into it. And I found out that this this funeral home was family owned and operated, which meant a lot to me because a lot of funeral homes today are corporate owned. And so the the families that they serve are just a dollar sign to them. The the people that work for them are just a number, you know, and I didn't want that. Like in that industry, to me, that's not okay. Like that's not how you should treat it because people are going through the darkest and hardest times of their lives, losing loved ones. And you shouldn't look at them and just see how much money they're giving you. You should see them as a person, a human being that needs love and support during that time. And 
I had an amazing experience at the funeral home I worked at in Maryland. That's why I stayed there so long because they were family owned, family operated, and they treated everyone like family. And so when I found this place down here, it meant a lot to me that they operated the same way. And so they had this position, like I walked in and I just walked in, asked for an application. They said, how about we sit you down with our manager? And I was like, sure. So the manager walks in and he tells me, it was crazy. He said, I, I just, he here's, here's my story a little bit. Here's my qualifications. And he tells me, you know, we have someone in this position right now. Um, and he is moving to Florida in about two months and we've been stressing, trying to figure out how we were going to fill this position. And you walked in the door with all this experience and he offered me the job on the spot, like wow. right there, day one. And he was like, all we have to do is a background check just for just formality. I'm sure you won't have any problem with it. And if, thankfully I didn't. <laughs> and, um, and so literally that was it. Like he was just like, and, and he knew the, the people loosely knew the people who owned the funeral home in Maryland and had a lot of respect for them. And so he was like, look, if, if, if they think you're good, then you're good. And, um, so I came on the team. It worked out perfectly with my schedule to be able to do, um, four days at the funeral home, one day a week in the office of the church, and then Sundays do service and, um, use service in the evenings. Um, but I did that. I did that schedule and it was, it was okay at first. I started, I, I started that, moved down here in July of 22, July of last year. And I, it was okay at first, but as the months continued, it became really tough because there were weeks that I was working six or seven days a week. Um, and most weeks it was six, some weeks it was seven. And that was really hard for me um, to be able to keep doing that because I'm trying to pour everything that I can into the funeral home, but I'm also trying to pour everything I can into the church. And they, they're pulling me in different directions. And I was clearly giving a lot more time to the funeral home because I needed to, you know, financially I had to work there more. And then I felt like I couldn't devote enough time to the youth group. And if, if I'm just working in the office one day a week and then have youth service the next Sunday, all I had time for that day of the week was just to plan for next Sunday's service because I'm doing it all on my own. And so I have to plan the game. I have to get the snack, the food together. I have to, you know, prepare the message. I have to prepare the worship because I'm the worship leader too, like all this stuff. And so it took me all day to just plan for the next Sunday. And I never had time to plan like out all these events that I wanted to do. I didn't have time to plan outreaches, ways to get more students in, like all these things that I really wanted to do. I just didn't have the time for because every day was consumed with all of this stuff. And um, it just eventually like really got to me physically, mentally, emotionally, every in every way I was hurting. And so I realized that something had to change. And during this time, I had been, you know, kind of talking with Pastor Eddie and uh, we had been getting together and just meeting and, you know, because I, I really have always viewed him as like a mentor, someone that I just want to learn from, someone that I want to, um, someone that I want to speak into my life. And so we had been talking and then eventually, not too long ago, 
we were talking and um and I was just telling him like like that I was just feeling just like burned out I was feeling just frustrated with everything because I couldn't give my all to either job and it was just tough and so I'm I'm telling him that and he's listening 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 and then all of a sudden he He's just like, well, what would you want to do if you could do anything? <laughs> I'm trying not and to smile. <laughs> it's, I, I know, I know, because you, you know, you know, it's coming. Know. And um, so, so he he's like, if you could do anything, what would you, what would you do? And and I don't know exactly what he was expecting me to say in that moment, um, but I know that I'm called to ministry, and so. I was like, I want to do ministry. Like, I want to be able to do ministry and be in a thriving, growing environment, um, and just to to be able to pastor a church one day. Um, and that's really where my heart is. That's what I feel called to do. And you know, a lot of people would say, "Oh, I want to go make a bunch of money running a business," or "Oh, I want to go play sports or whatever." But for me, it was like, no, it's like I want to do ministry. And I've tried all the other stuff. I've tried the to, to, to do those careers that can make you a lot of money and all this stuff. And it, none of it was right. None of it felt right. And so I just told him straight up, like, I want to do ministry. I told him. And, and so then he starts explaining, uh, (laughs) this, this job, he starts explaining like this dream job scenario. Like you can work like, like what if you could work full time at a church that's growing, that's thriving, you could work and be mentored and be, developed in your gifts and your calling and really, you know, learn from, from an amazing team, be part of that team and contribute something and make a difference in the community. Like all these things, all these things that I'm like, yes, yes, yes. This is all I want. He was like, what if you could do that? And I was like, man, I would take that job in a heartbeat. Like I, like that sounds amazing. And then he looks at me and he (laughs) says, what if I told you, I just offered you that job. And I was like, what? He was like, I just offered you that job. And I said, no way. I was like, what? Are you serious? And I, I think I said, what? So many times he was getting ready to reject the offer, bro. He's re- he was getting ready to take that right off the table because I said, what? Like six times. I couldn't believe it. I literally was like dumbfounded, like speechless. It wasn't on your radar at all. No. But you didn't sense so, him like leading that direction at well, all. Well, so I did, but I also didn't want to get my hopes up. Yeah. Like okay. I, because I, I, I knew I'm in this position and like he doesn't owe me anything like I you know there's like I'm I'm already in in working in ministry and doing these jobs and stuff yeah and like that was not my expectation from like meeting with him like I met with him because I really value him as a person and as a leader and as a minister as a man of God and I just wanted to learn everything I could from him to apply to my life and so it was not at all my purpose. It was my, it was my hope, but like not, not my reason for doing anything. Like I was like, it was kind of, for me, it was always just like, I hope that one day I could work at that church or work at a church like that or, you know, whatever. And so when he said that, I was just like caught off guard. I was like, (laughs) I was like, listen, this is a dream come true, but like, I wasn't expecting it. So I'm like, Whoa, is this really happening right now? You know? And like, and, and there were, there were signs where I kind of felt like, maybe this this would actually happen like there was one night um it was a sunday night and i had i i had like one person show up for youth group that night i had one student it was me and one other person and 
I walked out of there that night and I felt so defeated. I walked out in the parking lot and I literally like looked up at the sky and I just like yelled. I was like, God, like, what are you, what are you doing? Why am I here? Like nobody's willing to show up and it's, it's pulling teeth to, to get one person to come out to this youth group. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, this is not worth it, you know? And it was just a really, really down, depressing kind of moment for me. Um, and I remember I just, I got in the car and I was just like, I, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And like just all of it, just ministry in general. I was just like, this is, and, and, it, and it wasn't even just that night. Like it had been a pattern where it had been like two or three students that would show up um, like for weeks before this. And then finally that night it was like one person. I was like, I just, I can't do this. And so I got in my car and I just started driving and I was just like, man, like I'm depressed. I want some ice cream right now. Like, I, <laughs> like I was just like, you know, naturally I'm like, I'm just going to eat my feelings cause that's healthy. Right. But, um, I, I, I literally was just like, I just need some kind of pick me up and I'm just praying as I'm driving over there. I'm just like, God, like you gotta help me, like show me what in the world's going on. And so I roll up to cold stone creamery. Um, and it's like a new one in Springfield. I roll up there and I get out of my car and I walk in and the first person I see is Pastor Eddie standing in that cold stone. No bro. way. I kid you not. Oh. I absolutely kid you not. Oh my he God. is standing in that cold stone and we start talking and I was just like, hey, whoa, what are you doing here? Kind of thing. And we start talking and he just asked me like, hey, how's it going? How's, how's, how's the youth group going? And I was like, man, it's not going well. And I just got into it. I just told him, I was like, I had one person show up and even they didn't really want to be there. And, and I told him about how I was praying before I left the church. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know, you know? And so he just took that time and he just encouraged me. Um, we got ice cream and he got me my ice cream and I was just like, this is so nice. Like this absolute, just like, it's not, not, not this huge grand gesture, but it was just something that meant the world to me, you know, in that moment, because I was just struggling. And, um, and so he, he just talked to me, talked me through it. And he was like, he was like, man, you got to keep going. Like, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And he told me something in that moment that I'm never, ever going to forget. Cause he told me, he was like, listen, he was like, God has you here in this place, in this area for a reason that's bigger than you can even understand, bigger than where you are now, what you're doing now. Like he, and he knew that, like he heard from the Lord and knew that God has me here for a bigger purpose, a bigger plan than anything I could even realistically imagine. And so when he told me that, I just felt so much peace in that moment. And I knew that like everything ultimately was going to be okay. Despite what's going on right now, despite the challenges, the hurdles, the pain, everything was going to ultimately be okay. It was going to work out. And, um, and, and, and the crazy thing is, man, he had never gone to that cold stone before. He had never walked in there before. And he was driving home, I think from, I think he and Pastor Stephanie were like getting dinner or something. And he wanted something. He wanted like a, a little treat, a little dessert or something. And she actually suggested, she was like, why don't you try cold stone? And 
he just walked in there and happened to be there at the exact moment. And it was such a Dang. God thing, man. It was oh, absolutely yeah. God put him there. And he said that straight up. And I was like, oh, you're absolutely right. Because I was so depressed. I was so discouraged. I was so dejected. I was like, this is the worst. I want to get out. I want to leave here. Like, just quit on all of it. And because I ran into him, because I had that conversation, it it strengthened me to keep going and to keep moving forward. And then it ultimately set me up to where I am today. And um, so all of that happened. And it was just so many instances like that. And um, and so we had, we had been talking not too long ago. And he, uh, he offered me this position, like a full-time ministry position in a church that's growing and thriving, wow. in a church that has an amazing culture that I can see. And I can see from people like you, people who are working in that culture that love being there. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Marvin Massa podcast. Thank you for your support. Please do share the podcast. Let your friends know. Let your family know. It would truly mean a lot. Also, stay tuned for episode four where I conclude my interview with Justin Schusler. Till next time.